Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time to set the table for all your Sunday action. Laying out all the best bets. It's the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on the BetQL Network. All right, let's get after it once again. It's the Sunday Spread here on BetQL. Alex Gold here in KC. Grant Paulson in the nation's capital, home of a a brand new nickname. I'm sure people in D.C. Grant are taking the Washington commander name uh, and looking at it and loving it, having zero complaints whatsoever. Yeah, in the social media Twitter world that we live in, as you'd expect, everyone's been very complimentary and <laughs> happy. They're warming to the name, just as you'd anticipate. Uh, nobody's frustrated at all, and everyone was actually hoping for Commander. So it's all good news here in Washington, D.C. But, uh, you know, stick aside, there was nothing the organization could name the team that was going to make people happy. Right. Uh, by and large, right? Uh, the vast majority of folks here in D.C., just for our national audience, they didn't want the name change to begin with, right? So then they became the Washington football team. In fact, many of them, uh, I'm, I'm talking to someone in Kansas City, uh, are calling in still annoyed that the Chiefs are still the Chiefs and they're still doing the tomahawk chop and they think there's an yeah. immense hypocrisy to that. So, I mean, th- there are a lot of angry people. Now we can get into the fact that uh, the name that got changed was uh, – deemed a slur and obviously the Chiefs is not it's it's not the same thing but there is still vitriol there's still anger from a vast majority of the fan base in fact the team president Jason Wright said this week that their uh, research tells them 80 percent of fans didn't want the name change so when that's the case no one's going to just hear a new name and like it especially if it's something that's really different compared to a lot of NFL names right it sounds a little bit more New school. It sounds more XFL or Alliance. Grant, I'm a, I'm a lifelong Commanders fan. I went to the San Antonio Commanders games a few times when I was down in Texas out when they were there for the Alliance of American Football League. Lifelong Commanders fan. So, yeah, you know, I just want to point that out. Well, uh, you got to tell people how to do it then. So I, I think it's going to grow on people just like anything. Sure. Of course, it you, will. you're going to wake up. I, I said this this week in D.C. on the radio. There is a great movie called Swingers. Uh, you ever seen it, Vince Vaughn? I haven't. I have Okay, I need you to see it. It's a classic. Okay. <laughs> and in this movie, there's this scene where a buddy is talking to his boy about a breakup that he had, and he's going through this immense pain, and we've all been there. And this dude's telling his buddy, every day you're going to wake up, you're going to hurt a little bit less and a little bit less. And he said, one day you're going to wake up, and the pain's going to be gone, and you're going to miss the pain. 
And I think that's kind of what's going to happen with this name. Like every single day you wake up, you're going to miss the old thing a little less. You're going to get a, you're going to think a little bit less weird about saying commanders. And then one day you're just going to miss that you were angry about it almost, you know, it's of course. 10 years oh, from now. You. That's just the name. So and we'll if you guys happens. start winning, they're going to go win football games, dude. Yeah. You start winning games. Nobody's going to care at all. What, what the name is. Nobody will care if all of a sudden the, the, the Washington commanders are winning 10 football games a year and are in the playoffs consistently. I mean, that that's what solves all this. If not, I mean, if you guys are sitting there in D.C. and this is a five to seven win team for the next five to ten years, then, yeah, people might still continue to, to, to complain about the name just because it's another thing to complain about, right? I mean, so I think we, we knew how this was all going to go down. Uh, the only thing I don't like, I guess, is the three uh, uniform combos. They seem uh, like there's no flow to them whatsoever. I don't mind the black alternates, but they don't match. Like, there's no, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. They, they all look different to me. Yeah, I, it, it looks as if it could be three different teams. Now, they say that it's the same burgundy color on the burgundy jerseys as the white jerseys, which to me look way more maroon or something. <laughs> I, I don't even think necessarily they match or they go. My wife always says, I say, that doesn't match, babe. And she goes, it doesn't need to match. It needs to go. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm not a fashion person. Um, but apparently they go, I guess. I'm not really sure. But enough asking me questions. I want to ask you questions. You're Mr. Kansas City. What happened, dude? Oh, my goodness. Uh, shock. Still a little shocking today, honestly, and, and, and stunned. Here we are almost uh, you know, about a week later. And I, I don't think anybody expected coming out of the AFC title game, no matter the result, like even if you would have said the Chiefs would have lost, that the reason they lost, the biggest reason, Patrick Mahomes. Stunning. Right. I mean, stunning to to say that. I don't think anybody would have ever expected that. Yes, Andy Reid had some lapses right before halftime throughout the second half, not willing to run the football. But I, I don't think Patrick Mahomes ever recovered, man, from the play right at the goal line before halftime where he lost track of time, was trying to call timeout even as well. Um, just take your first read. If it's not there, throw it in the back of the end zone. You get your three points, and, and the Chiefs probably win this football game. I don't think he ever recovered from that. He started pressing again, much like he did early in the season. I'll give Cincinnati a lot of credit defensively. I mean, to for have two second halves, man, where they held in the three points, I didn't think that was something they were going to be able to, to replicate. But I still think uh, the, the biggest frustration from Chiefs fans, yes, to see Mahomes make that decision, but Andy Reid in the second half, this has been an issue with him going back to his Philly days. You take the good with the bad, um, but – uh, arrogance, frankly, play calling arrogance uh, is what we kind of been calling it. And it's an unwillingness, even when a defense is going to let you run the football. And they had success running it with Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards Alaire. They refused to do it. They were going to say, no, 15 is going to keep dropping back and throw the football. And it wasn't his day when you, when your quarterback's not on. And it certainly wasn't his day in the second half. He was great in the first half. Um, and it was just a slow, like slow death there for Kansas City. Did not like the feeling at halftime. Uh, I, I think around the concourse at Arrowhead, everybody was a little nervous just because of you gave Cincy some momentum and some life. And you're like, uh-oh, is this really? And then the first drive of the second half happens where the Chiefs have to punt. And so uh, clearly frustrating. Uh, uh, what, a, what a difference a week makes after the thrilling 13-second <laughs> drive, all-time classic game. Mahomes was incredible to have a second half out of nowhere that, that no, I mean, just nobody would have predicted that. Yeah, you summed it up well. I mean, the Mahomes' second half performance was so baffling, right? Because it's one thing when you think of a quarterback struggling, you know what that normally looks like. You miss a guy who's open here or there, or you throw a couple bad passes that get picked off. 
it wasn't really that. It, it was almost like, and you can make the case earlier in the year, I guess this was a, an issue at times for the Chiefs, but how good they are and how well their off-schedule Sandlot stuff works comes back to bite them. Like him scrambling around and taking sacks and extending plays. And it's hard to kill him for it because earlier in the game, he's, he does that for seven seconds and throws a touchdown. But when you do that and you take an egregious sack, you know some of that stuff that happened was was just confounding, and it really was. I can't imagine being a fan watching it all come apart at the seams because <laughs> Look, just man. as someone who had bet on them, I, I was annoyed. So I don't even. You were sitting in the stands, probably wearing some red. I, I can't imagine. Right. No, I mean, like this, you're, you're bringing up a great point, though. You're right on the, the inconsistency of this offense as a whole was the story for much of the season because they can look great. They can score five touchdowns in ten and a half minutes like they did in the wild card round against Pittsburgh. And then you can have it all come apart. And you're right. I mean, that is going to be part of Mahomes' game. That's that's what makes him so effective. Kind of those off script crazy plays. But there's got to be a balance. And, and there were just multiple situations. Him. And, and with Andy Reid, that you just inexcusable. I actually thought the defense for Kansas City played fine. Yes, they should have had more than one sack, no doubt. Chris Jones gets one sack, and you're probably talking about the Chiefs going to the title game. Joe Burrow had multiple plays where he extended it to his credit and got first downs. But I, I didn't come away thinking Joe Burrow played amazing in the game, but he made those few plays with his legs uh, that helped them win the game. But it was, yeah, it was it was just pretty, pretty crazy to consider um, a 21-3 lead at home too, man, and and to not find a way to to get the victory going forward. And so, yeah, it's been one of those uh, one of those weeks. And and you know, it's interesting um, when you look at the bigger picture now too, as we get set for the big game next week. And for Joe Burrow, in a in a week, he could have as many rings as Patrick Mahomes, uh, and Jack and Zach Taylor could have as many rings as Andy Reid. So it's just crazy. And this is why the NFL is also great, though, the unpredictable nature of it. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's a fact, what you just said. And that's ironic and that's crazy. I hope it kind of ends there. I mean, <laughs> someone on, on some TV show will start telling you someone's better because they have as many rings. And that's where I turn the channel. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's something that could happen for sure, uh, is, is that he could have as many rings as Mahomes. And uh, it, it's it, – you know, it's incredible what the Cincinnati Bengals accomplished this year. I guess we can just look first feel. It's a four-point line right now. Uh, the Bengals are dogs, which you anticipate. They seem to be comfortable swimming in those waters right now. Uh, I really like the Rams in the game. My hope, and, and as soon as the Bengals had won, I was started to kind of anticipate, okay, what would a Bengals-Rams Super Bowl line look like? And my hope was that I could catch – Maybe like a two and a half, three by kickoff. Sure. I feel really good about that. My fear was, what if it gets to four and a half? And I think we might be headed that way. Uh, we're going to find out. But I think it has in some spots. I think yeah. it did get up to four and a half. Did it? Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a FanDuel guy, obviously, and it's still sitting at four. But sure. to me, that's going to be an uncomfortable betting line if you're a Rams backer. And I am. My question is... I think they're going to win the game outright. I just think they're the better team. I think that they put all their chips in the middle of the table, and I've kind of been saying all along this season, I thought they were going to play their best football at the end. Everyone was kind of ebbing and flowing with them and wondering. Like To me, the whole thing was it was like a baseball team that's going to win 111 games. Like, let's make sure we got our ducks in a row come the end of September. And in this case, come December, let's make sure we're doing everything we got to do to go into the playoffs feeling good about ourselves. And I think that's what they did. But I don't 
love them covering right now. I'm hoping I can convince myself of that before we get to kickoff. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I started with Cincinnati in, in this game. It's interesting because they're on this magical journey, right? I mean, I think it's pretty clear. I don't think they, in the playoffs, look dominant by any means whatsoever if you go back to wildcard weekend. But they continue to find ways to win football games. And Joe Burrow is as calm as, as they come. And I was really impressed with that. Even if he didn't have these crazy stats uh, against Kansas City, I was still impressed. Down 21-3, he really didn't. He didn't look nervous at all. I mean, he really didn't. It was really impressive to see that. And so even in this big stage at the Super Bowl, I know we can say, oh, at the Super Bowl, it's a completely different ballgame. It, it is, but man, I, I don't think if you're if your feeling is, well, Joe Burrow's going to collapse under pressure or anything, I think that's completely incorrect. I think he's shown to this point in time that, that the big the big stage isn't going to be too big for him whatsoever. But I do like the Rams as, as well, like you do. And yeah, if you could find it at three and a half, if it gets back down to that, certainly you, you feel a little bit better about the situation. My thing is, the Cincinnati Bengals, and I said this last week, and, and, and certainly it didn't happen, even though I took Cincy to cover the seven, is that offensive line, it's one thing for Chris Jones to get near you and not wrap up. Uh, Aaron Donald's wrapping you up. You're, you're not you're not getting away from Aaron Donald. Probably not getting away from Von Miller. And so I think that's one of the differences in this with this pass rush. You know they're going to get near Burrow because Kansas City even got, like, Kansas City got pressure on Burrow. They were near him. They could not wrap up. The, the Rams, it's hard for me to imagine them not being able to do so. And so that, to me, is still going to be a massive problem for Cincinnati in this game. And then on the offensive side for the Rams, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. has been fantastic for this team. And if yeah. it's not for him, they're not in the Super Bowl. They're not. They're, they're not in the Super Bowl if it's not for Odell Beckham Jr., especially when the Robert Woods injury happened right as they acquired Odell Beckham Jr. And so Matthew Stafford and Beckham have a nice thing going right now. I think it's going to just be their – you know, their, their last hurrah here a little bit because to me the Rams don't have the money to pay Beckham but so he'll be somewhere else in the offseason but right now you, you're all in you've, you've pushed the chips to the middle of the table if you're the Rams that's the approach you took and I think in a in a market like LA it's a very smart approach considering the entertainment uh, options in that city and also in that own stadium you're competing with the Chargers you can kind of own that town if you will from a football perspective by being in the Super Bowl the Chargers can't even make the playoffs uh, so I, I, I have no issue even if they come away empty Without a ring, I still think it was the right approach going all in for the Rams. Yeah, and I would say there's going to be some referendum on them if, if they don't win. I'd make the case that it wasn't a success per se because they did this to win a championship. Having said that, you cannot argue with the results, right? I mean, people will say this is why you don't trade all those picks. This is why you built through the draft. No, they've already proven it. They've been in the Super Bowl twice in four years. They've got a 36-year-old head coach who's in his second Super Bowl, who's coaching against the guy who came from that organization, his offensive coordinator previously. You know, in, the, in the last round, there was another guy who came from that organization who was an offensive coordinator who lost in the playoffs. His current offensive coordinator just got one of the head coaching jobs. Like, it's working. So the, the idea of, like, well, they need to better value the draft. No, they don't. They should keep winning 11 games and – trying to, to sure. kick the door down that they're knocking on. Uh, but yeah. the other thing, real quick, I would say on the Bengals is so much is being made of Burrow, and it should. Burrow is the man. Love the guy. Great player. Going to be a, a top-of-the-line QB for a long time in this league. Not enough is being made about this defense. And if we want to talk about the philosophy of the Rams and, and going the way of essentially uh, trading picks, the, the story for me is the Bengals' free agency hall was incredible on defense. Yeah. 
going and getting Hendrickson and Awuzie and Ogunjobi and the moves that they made. And everyone pretends like free agency is an evil and you can't spend a ton and then have it turn around. No one is talking about the fact that the Bengals did that. No one is talking about the fact that they're probably here every bit as much because of their defense as they are Joe Burrow in terms of on-field performance this year. So that's just something I hope that gets a little more shine as we get closer to the Super Bowl. Look, they're they're reaping the benefits of having a quarterback on a rookie contract. This is what you got to do. Go ahead and be aggressive in free agency. They're going to be able to do it again this offseason too, Grant. I mean, they have, I think, the fourth most cap space in the NFL as well. And there's no reason that they won't be ultra aggressive, I'm sure, on that offensive line in particular. They're, going to, I think, going to have a similar offseason to what Kansas City tried to do, revamp the O-line and gear up. And they've got the money to do it. Cincinnati going to be a factor, certainly, in the AFC for years to come. We're just getting started here on the Sunday spread. What about Aaron Rodgers? Where is he headed? We've got the latest odds on where he could start next season here on BetQL. Every Sunday morning, start your day off with FanDuel Game Day from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern with Jeremy Kahn and Chris Mack. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app and streaming live on Twitch.tv. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Welcome back to the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on BetQL. Kind of that buffer week before we get to the big game, uh, but we'll, we'll take a, a look at some of the uh, the movement when it comes to at least the, the bets so far for the big game, including perhaps the biggest mobile bet in sports wagering history in this country. So we'll bring that up here in just a little bit. Uh, but we know there's going to be some movement this offseason. I think, Grant, last offseason we felt like, oh, man, Rodgers going to be on the move and Russell Wilson could be on the move. Deshaun Watson could be on the move. Uh, none of them ended up going anywhere. Uh, this offseason, though, for Aaron Rodgers, do you feel like he actually is going to leave? And if so, you take a look at some of the odds. Uh, what do you like? The Broncos, the favorite to land his services. So I'm on record and want to just reiterate that he should go nowhere. And I think it's a mistake for him to leave, I think. People think the grass is greener oftentimes, and it normally isn't. Uh, what happened with Tom Brady is is a rarity, I think. When you can leave New England, go in a Super Bowl in your first year with a ready-made offense to put up huge numbers, and now you sprinkle your, your magical winning dust over everything, and, and you get to go win a championship. Uh, but I do think Rodgers is leaving. I think he's probably made up his mind for some time that he was leaving. I think they made the grave mistake of not appeasing him. And, uh, you know, it just seems like he is not an easy guy to have long-term relationships with. <laughs> yeah, so you think? This yeah. thing was not going to probably end that well. And they probably made a bunch of mistakes along the way in terms of satisfying him and uh, what he wanted. But 
I say all that to say, if you want me to make a prediction, I've kind of felt Denver all along made the most sense, to be completely honest. I don't think the money would work. I would personally love, and I don't think this is a legitimate option, I would personally love to see him in Pittsburgh. I just think that would be cool because you're talking about one of the best organizations of the last 20 years with one of the best quarterbacks of the last 20 years. I just don't think the math works. I think that's kind of fantasy football unrealistic. So I would say Denver. Um, Vegas is another team that made sense to me. They're always trying to do everything big. They're putting on all-star shows for the NHL and the Pro Bowl this weekend, which I know you can't wait to watch. So for me, AFC West maybe? If I'm Green Bay, he's not going anywhere in the NFC, I can tell you that. Yeah, that that would be a foolish move, of course. And and the cap situation for Green Bay is also tough. I think unless they restructured his deal, it's like a $44 million cap hit. So unless you're getting a brand-new contract done with Aaron Rodgers, I, I just don't know how they can make it work to keep Rodgers as well on the financial end. To me, you tag Devontae Adams. You don't let him go. I know there's a lot of rumors about, oh, the Devontae Adams will try to go where Rodgers goes. I'm sorry. Green Bay, You, I'll, I'll, I'll trade Aaron Rodgers, okay? Uh, Devontae Adams not going anywhere. If I have a young quarterback in Jordan Love, I'm tagging Devontae Adams. He might be unhappy, but he's going to end up playing on it. In today's NFL, unless you make a mistake like Le'Veon Bell, uh, the, the ability to really hold out doesn't exist anymore in the NFL for the most part, unless you're really going to sit out the whole year. Yeah, I keep uh, hearing and, people say that, by the way. They're like, uh, you know, if they tag Adams, he'll sit out the year. No, First of no. all, that doesn't happen at this juncture with the way that the fines work. And second, exactly. if he did do it, let's just say – my guy's got his money. He says, you charge me whatever you want to. How did that work for Le'Veon Bell? Like, let's go back and look at that. It completely derailed his career. He hasn't been the same since. So I, I don't think I'm with you. For one second, he would sit out. They should absolutely tag Adams. Now, as far as Rodgers goes, yeah, I, I think the Broncos have the capital and the, the salary cap to get it done. Um, if you look at the odds, they'll tell you offshore, the Broncos are plus 200. Then it is the Steelers at plus 350, the Dolphins 5-1, to one, Eagles 6-1, to one, and then the Cleveland Browns 8-1 to one, uh, to land Aaron Rodgers. I love the roster in Denver. I, I love the roster in Denver. I have some questions about with Vic Fangio, as bad as a head coach as he was, he, of course, is a fantastic defensive coordinator. And so I do wonder a little bit about the defense. Do they slip back a little bit without him around? But roster-wise, they've got the skilled players uh, offensively. Javante Adams, or Javante Williams, I should say, the running back I really like. Uh, and certainly Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are studs. The tight end, Noah Fan, if he can stay healthy, is, is a pretty nice middle of the road, maybe even higher than that tight end in the league with the right quarterback. My, my only question for them would be, okay, you trade for Aaron Rodgers. I'm Green Bay. Okay, I'm going to ask for X amount of draft picks. But if I'm Green Bay, am I asking also for a skill player back? And if that's the case, all right, if I have to trade Cortland Sutton to Green Bay, let's just use in this example, I'm not saying that the, the Broncos still shouldn't make the trade, but one of the reasons why we're all saying the Broncos make sense is because they're, they're a quarterback away, like most teams, but truly for them, a quarterback away from being a legitimate contender in the AFC, if you start having to trade away some of those players, I think it becomes a little interesting. It's a it, it's a prayer at this point but, but if, if you're if a Broncos you're fan. trading like, away a, a player the quality, say, of like you said, Cortland Sutton, just hypothetically. Sure, sure. Then the, the draft compensation drops pretty substantially, right? I mean, and, and also, I mean, you would hope. You would hope, there, yeah. There's a bunch of ways to do that without giving up one of those pieces. Like you could say, hey, my skill guys on offense are off limits. You're choosing from my front seven on defense or whatever. Uh, I, I think, though, I would be willing. Like, look at the Rams right now. I, I know you're not allowed to say this. It's like a spooky uh, term. But trade draft picks. 
Go get Aaron Rodgers. Go get the Hall of Fame quarterback who immediately makes you a Super Bowl contender. How fun has the last few years been That's their only hope. Teddy Bridgewater, is that working for you? Drew Locke, that was a lot of fun. Go get Aaron Rodgers. If it takes three first-round picks and a second and a third or whatever, go do it. And everyone says, what about four years from now? Who cares about four years from now? Worry about that then and hope that you have one or maybe two Super Bowls over the next three years because they would be willing uh, to – they they would be in the hunt, I would say. They'd be in the conversation at that point to to knock on the door. Now, it's a tough division to come out of with the Chiefs, but you saw the Chiefs this year like I did. They were plenty beatable. And within the division, I think that would be a great rivalry. But that's absolutely what they should do is put all their chips in for Rodgers. No question. I mean, the, at this point, that is that's your your only chance at at getting out of the AFC West and being a contender in the AFC is finding that Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, if the legal situation ever gets cleared up uh, this offseason, which is still a major major question mark and where he lands. Let's not forget how good of a player Deshaun Watson was before everything was taking place. So he can definitely be a huge difference maker for a team. But you bring up that division, like if you're the Broncos. If you continue to to roll out, you know, the Teddy Bridgewaters or the Trevor Simeons or the Drew Locks of the world, yeah, nothing is going to change. You're going to wait. You're going to worry about wasting what I think is a really good roster there in Denver. And then you're going to be three years from now looking at those guys that the Cortland Suttons or the Jerry Judys and either, you know, having to make decisions to, to, to pay other guys on the roster. And then all of a sudden you're not in as good of a position. I mean, this is still uh, not, not a great spot for Denver to be in because you really are – praying that Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or somebody chooses you this offseason. Otherwise, you're not in any better shape than what you were this time, you know, last year. Um, But I I think Broncos make all kinds of sense for Aaron Rodgers with his makeup because, like, I've seen this comparison made. LeBron James, of course, and I have no issue with this, went ahead and, and Kevin Durant went ahead and tried to find the easiest path to a championship. No issue with that. I know some do. Aaron Rodgers doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to shy away from the kind of that that tough challenge to do so me personally I don't want to go to the AFC West if I'm Aaron Rodgers that's just me now Aaron Rodgers I think is built a little bit differently in his mindset uh to where he's probably like no I can come out of the AFC West I can I can beat Mahomes I can beat Herbert I can come out of that division if I'm Rodgers though I'm not going to the AFC West I I'm looking more like you know the Dolphins I'm looking more like Pittsburgh where that division even if Cincinnati's in the Super Bowl this year I still think that's an easier division to get out of if you're Rodgers let me say it differently. You're looking at this from the perspective of where does he have his best chance to get to a Super Bowl? Correct. Right? Yep. The answer is the NFC and Green Bay. Correct. You stay away from so, the AFC. But I don't think it's the issue right with the Packers. It, it is, but their problem is their their problem is with his current contract, forty four million dollar cap hit. They can't put together the team needed to stay at that level if he's still at forty four million. See, I disagree. I think the cap is the most over-talked about kind of fake thing ever. It's it's and they fake. Can work Grant, around I, it. It's it's fake. But, but there's a certain point though. The only way it, it is, it absolutely is fake. They're going to restructure Mahomes' cap hit, which is 33. It's going to end up being 13. You can always yeah. maneuver it. But to me, for Rodgers to do it, because I'm with you, the cap is a joke. But when you only have one year left and the cap hits 44 million, there isn't flexibility there to maneuver it unless they give no, him a new contract. I'm not talking about specifically his money. You have to cut some guys. You lose some pieces. What I'm saying is the guys that matter the most, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, they're all going to be there. Sure, and so sure. you'll find another random linebacker to make 123 tackles, right? You, you can make it work. And as long as Aaron Rodgers is throwing back shoulder fades to Devontae Adams in a division with Detroit and Chicago 
and Minnesota, they're going to win 10 or 11 games. They're going to make the playoffs. If, if it's important to him to just be in the Super Bowl mix, he shouldn't go anywhere. All the top quarterbacks, not all, but a lot of them are in the AFC right now. Absolutely. If, if you're a QB who's trying to go to a Super Bowl and you're on the market, you should be desperate to get to the NFC. And in fact, if you can handpick a division, you should go to the NFC North. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, Kirk Cousins, who everybody acts like is playing his first game every Sunday, is far and away the best quarterback in that division. So I want to go to the I, NFC South. That's where I want to go. That division's well, a joke now. I want to go to the NFC yeah, South. That one too. But so my, my point is well, you, what you're saying is making sense if you're trying to win a title. That's not what he's thinking about. He's thinking about who, who's going to have the best relationship with Aaron and, you know, who, who's going to make me feel wanted. And when he sits on his couch with his beanie talking to Pat McAfee next year, like who, who who's going to make me feel like me? I mean, he's he's got a different set of things than you've got going on right now. I'm sure you'd love him in D.C., huh? I would Straight absolutely everything. love him. He, he could be my uh, – quarterback in a second i'll give up yeah, and by I mean, the way of course i'll trade so much more than washington would be willing to aaron Rodgers would love me i mean there's not an amount of picks i wouldn't send him i'm sitting here in a town where they haven't had a quarterback that they liked uh, as an organization or that was any good that they liked in 30 some years would so, you yeah. right now i mean yes i agree with you aaron Rodgers, if, especially if you're in washington and just about most cities other than maybe seven or eight i would absolutely trade for aaron Rodgers. if i told you you could have rogers tomorrow for just two years for two years and then he retires but you got to trade terry mclaurin and your next four first round picks for two years for two years all you're getting because there's a chance that's all you're getting the fact that I would think long and hard about it tells you what you need <laughs> yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say no. I mean, you came up with the most outrageous I offer know, in I short know. term. So I, I would probably say no to that. But All if right. you told me he's here for four years, I would yeah. do that trade. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would as well. I know you guys love Terry McLaurin, and he's a stud, but you have to, you have to yeah, understand. He's a good you know. wide receiver, and first-round picks matter until they don't ask the Rams. No question about that. What about what about Jimmy Garoppolo? We go from a guy that can win you a Super Bowl to another guy that's going to make you better, going to tease you a little bit. This seems right up the Washington football team. Excuse me, Washington Commander Alley uh, right Watch, here. Watch, yeah. Come on now. Commanders, a little respect on their name, please. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy uh, Garoppolo. What, you guys, is I, that, I, I mean, is that, how much does that discuss there? Because the there's, of course, odds on his landing spot as well. And the Washington football team is is kind of up high on that, on that list as well. Let's see, at uh, plus 350 currently. Yeah, I, I have thought for a little while the most likely outcome for them this offseason was that they traded for a veteran. And because Rodgers, Watson, Wilson, and Carr are either not going to be available or probably not coming here in some varying degree, he's the next guy on the list. So I have seen that press conference when I close my eyes. I know what it looks like. It's called Alex Smith all <laughs> over again. Uh, they'll put up a slide on a PowerPoint to tell me quarterback wins, though, and he wins the game, though, and he's won more games than anyone else in the last couple of years, though. And they did it with Alex Smith. They, they brought him here. He wasn't any good. I knew Kelsey wasn't coming with him. I knew Tyreek Hill wasn't coming with him. And the Chiefs were about to get a lot better as soon as they traded him. And they pretended like Washington was about to win 12 games because they brought in a winner, which is not a thing, by the way. So they would do the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. I know what the press conference looks like. He'd look amazing in a suit because he's the best-looking guy ever. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. it, it is absolutely a, a real possibility. And I would say if you made me bet on it right now, what we're a betting show, right? Who's going to be their starting quarterback? 
It's not what I would do, but I would probably put a couple bucks on Jimmy Garoppolo. To me, it's Pittsburgh or it's Washington. To me, those are the only two teams that I actually would feel comfortable putting money on. I think it makes a lot of sense for Washington, as you kind of highlighted there. Unfortunately, it's like enough to get you guys to, you know, nine or ten wins, but you know you're not doing anything more than that with Jimmy Garoppolo. And for Pittsburgh, I think if you consider where you're at, Big Ben out of the picture, you're not going to go with Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph. Come on now. I'm not buying any of that uh, talk about, oh, we're going to give Mason, we're going to give Dwayne Haskins a chance to, to win the job. No, you're not. But you also can't say the alternative. He's under contract. You're not going to come out if you're Kevin Colbert, who now I guess is leaving the, the organization there in Pittsburgh. You're not going to come out and, and say that he has no chance to win the job. But Jimmy Garoppolo in Pittsburgh actually makes a lot of sense as well. It's just, it's, it's not like enough. that fit. You know, I, I, I yeah. go hard about him in D.C., but in Pittsburgh, I don't hate that at all, to be honest with you. I actually think they could make some playoff noise, potentially, if they could let him game manage. But they'd have to do a lot better on that offensive line and in that running game to make that work. Odds, Tampa Bay plus 300, Pittsburgh plus 350, Washington Commanders plus 350, and then the Saints at plus 500. The Saints are a huge wild card. They have zero money. They're in cap hell. We're going to talk about... Uh, their coaching situation as well. There are three more jobs still remaining open in the NFL. We know this is also in the backdrop of this Brian Flores lawsuit, uh, the bombshell report that came out earlier this week. We're going to talk a little bit about that and, and what the NFL potentially can do going forward. But more importantly, I think also from this year's perspective of the openings, are you avoiding the same situation given the cap space, but also recognizing Grant uh, that that division, the NFC South, stinks, absolutely stinks. Like I actually think you could go into New Orleans with that situation and win it in year number one. Of course, interviews taking place over the weekend as well. So we'll talk some coaching and also the largest mobile bet in sports wagering history. This is the Sunday Spread. He's Grant Paulson. I'm Alex Gold here on BetQL. Get the table set for all your pro football wagering needs. You're listening to the Sunday Spread on the BetQL Network with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold. Welcome back to the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on BetQL. So the coaching carousel uh, continues in the NFL. It's been dragging out a little bit longer than it has the last couple of years. And uh, when we were talking about the Rams, you had mentioned that uh, essentially the Vikings job has been filled, just not officially. They got to wait till after the Super Bowl. Kevin O'Connell, uh, the, the OC there out in L.A., going to be the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, despite uh, Jim Harbaugh thinking that he was going to get that job. I, that's one of my favorite stories of the last week as well, Grant. Jim Harbaugh, who I, I didn't know this. You know, he doesn't have an agent. And boy, can we tell he doesn't have an agent. His agent would have worked him through this whole process way better. He's out there flying around, taking a visit to Minnesota. He wanted the gig. They had really very little interest in him. And then now he goes back to Michigan and their athletic director and says, look, I was, you know, it's like a relationship. I, honey, I was just talking to them out there. I love you. I, you and I together, please. Like you and I, I want to be here forever. I want to be together forever. And finally realized, I kind of screwed this thing up. This is actually why coaches have agents, Grant, because the coaches can rely on their agents to get some feedback so they don't embarrass themselves like Jim Harbaugh did in the last week. I actually had no idea he didn't have an agent until you just That's what I'm told. told. That's what I was told this week. I, I can't 100% confirm that, but someone well, we were talking about this. that makes a lot yeah. of sense because nothing yeah. about this situation at any point made sense to me. And I thought the <laughs> weirdest part of it all was when Schefter and Rap Sheet and all of the best reporters in the country that get all the news 
were saying Jim Harbaugh is going to Minnesota and it sounds like he expects to get the job. And I have no idea what that meant. <laughs> I've never heard that before in my life. A coach who's about to interview is a like I've heard he's going to interview. There's a chance he lands the job, whatever. But this idea that he, he's flying to Minnesota and he expects to get the job was the weirdest diction used to describe an interview about to happen ever. And it's clear that Jim Harbaugh just texted Adam Schefter and said, I think I'm going to get the job. And then Schefter just retweeted it or whatever without putting his name on it. It was The whole it, thing it, was very strange. And he comes out and, and says through uh, Mitch Album, I think, up in Detroit or whatever. And he's, you know, Harbaugh's quoted as timeout like, this was my last shot. I'm, I'm kind of done with the NFL. That's because nobody wants you. Like, he, it's weird. He wasn't even one of those where it's like, I chose to leave. You didn't fire me. He was never hired, but he's already like sounding like someone that just he's he's understanding now that he has no future uh, in the NFL anymore. I I will say I do think he coaches again in the NFL. I, oh, I, really see, I think do. this is it. I think I think this is it, man. I really? think this was his last. I think this was his last shot. Like, but, if, but, if, if, if nine openings and nobody had it, why why would they have more interest a year or two from now? It's a good question. I'm not convinced that nine different teams had no interest. Maybe the timing wasn't right. I don't. I don't really know. I, I thought the Vikings link was really weird. Uh, but then you know the, the GM that they hired obviously came from San Francisco. Was with him when he was the head coach there. I mean, th this network, the way you get hired, I, it, it's never been more obvious than right now. By the way, as, as we've we've got six hirings and none of them are minorities right now. It is a good old boy situation, largely. There's basically two ways to get hired, in my opinion. You worked with someone who's doing the hiring, or you have a relationship with someone doing the hiring, or you're a young hotshot play caller. Like, it's one of those two things. It's your Kevin O'Connell or your, you know, Vic Fangio or whoever, you know, the other example would be. So Jim Harbaugh is the second one. Jim Harbaugh's got ties. He's got connections. It's an easy thing to sell. It's exciting. Look what he did in San Francisco. Look what he's done in Michigan. I just think eventually he'll be back in the league. I could be wrong. So the Dolphins job still opened up, and we know they've been in, in, in hot water all week. What a mess. Their owner was Steven Ross. There's a couple layers to that, of course. First off, the Brian Flores lawsuit uh, alleging racial uh, discrimination in hiring practices in the league. And, and the league has essentially admitted they have a problem for years. Uh, when it comes to hiring minority coaches and general managers. And we know they tried to uh, put some more incentives out there in the last year or so in terms of draft pick compensation. And we have seen two minority uh, candidates hired as general managers. The, one of them, as you mentioned, up in, in Minnesota with the Vikings as well. But no minority coaches, <laughs> excuse me, have been hired in this cycle. And it doesn't seem like that's going to change this go around. And the only, only shot really at this point seems to be down in New Orleans where uh, Eric Bieniemy is interviewing this weekend, and and he was someone that uh, most of us, Eastern Kansas City, as the Chiefs OC, had kind of realized, okay, it's just not going to happen for this guy. He's had 21 interviews, Grant, in the NFL, and and clearly, if you look at just his resume uh, and his qualifications, there's zero reason. Let he me should ask not you be about Bieniemy, actually. Yeah, that, I, yeah, I'm fascinated by this. So. First of all, the Saints thing is really interesting. Now, I thought they would just move Dennis Allen into that role. And, I know and they still might. And they still might. Yeah, yeah, there's interviews you've got to do. But that felt like a coach-in-waiting situation. Uh, I would go outside the organization because I would hire offense and I would hire play caller and I would hire someone on the side of the ball. All the leagues are designed to make look good. But that's just me. Uh, the enemy, though, is fascinating to me. Look, the league has a problem. And one black head coach right now isn't – right in a sport with 70 percent black players obviously and, and if you get to a point where 
nine guys get hired in this cycle and none of them are minority from an optic standpoint let alone just the reality of what happened terrible that's not okay right we got to figure something out but i say that to say it specific to the enemy it is he a bad interview i mean is he is he bad when he gets in that room presenting why he should be the head coach what i've always said and i want to get your perspective as someone in kansas city is there is sometimes when you're around a guy like andy reed where you just don't get credit because everyone assumes Andy Reid's doing everything. But I say that, and Matt Nagy got a job, you know? So exactly. It, it doesn't exactly. make and a that's, ton of look, sense. These are, these are all and the things that we— And how much does BNME do? That's kind of always been my million-dollar question. Like, what does BNME do? Does he call every play? Does he design plays? What does he do? Right. No, and these are these are all the questions and, and scenarios that have been thrown out over the last couple of years here in Kansas City. And whether it is that he doesn't interview well, and there's been, ex- I think, a lot of excuses also that people have tried to, to come up with for why he doesn't have a job. Let me answer a couple of things that you asked as far as the, the play calling and, and everything. He does not call the plays. Andy Reid will publicly say over and over that 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 Eric Bieniemy or Matt Nagy or Doug Peterson call the plays. They None of those guys call the plays either. So if anybody wants to point and say, well, EB doesn't call the plays, which he doesn't, that's why he's not getting hired. So who well, is he talking to? When they show yeah. him, he's talking yeah. into the headset. So this is where he, he is where... giving Patrick Mahomes the play, I would Exactly. Imagine. So that's the gray area where he's not, quote unquote, lying. Eric Bieniemy is physically calling the plays into Mahomes. He's not calling the plays. So do we Andy think Reed's Andy Reid is saying run 53 and then number 53 is... Jet smoke, 222, exactly. Alex Gold exactly. left, Z scat. And how, that's but, exactly okay, what's going on. So that's always been my assumption, but how sure are we about that? Like, we, oh, we don't we're, see Andy Reid saying 53. No. So how sure are we? Being in camp and talking with some people, it, it, I feel very confident in saying that that is correct. Every that play that Reid calls well, every play. It's, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to say every single play, but, I, I, you know, if you look at – uh, you know, it's a big deal always in, in the preseason. It's pretty noticeable. Andy Reid will go out his way, and, like, everybody notices that EB's calling. Like, in preseason, there'll be times where you can tell EB's calling the plays. So yeah. there's there's a little bit of a difference there. But it did see, here's where my issue. Why, it, should, it, it, shouldn't mat- it shouldn't matter, Agreed. though, because, like, you know, Matt, Matt Kevin Nagy- O'Connell calling the Rams plays? No, Sean McVay is. Kevin O'Connell just got the head coaching job in Minnesota. 100%. 100%. I think what's happened now, too, besides the, the clear issue the NFL has with hiring minority coaches, which has been going on for decades, unfortunately, is if you look at 21 interviews now, if I, and it's just terrible, and I think this, this probably happens outside of football, too. If I'm interviewing somebody, and I know that individual is interviewed with 20 other jobs in the same field, and they haven't hired them, I think the natural tendency, no matter who you are, is like, what am I missing? 20, 20 other owners and GMs haven't hired that guy. And I think there's a little like, what am I missing? Is there is that a red flag for some owners at this point as well? He should have always been hired a year or two ago. But now I think some of the issue is 21 teams have passed him up. Some of these coaches, the Giants interviewed him the last go around when they hired Joe Judge. This was right after EB won a ring with the Chiefs. And they hired Joe Judge. We know how that turned out. This go around, Ryan Dable is the head coach. EB doesn't even get an interview. And yet there's reports that the Giants organization loved Eric Bieniemy. You loved him so much that you didn't give him an interview this go around. So, like, that's where the frustration comes in. Um, and New Orleans, to me, uh, would be a nice fit for him. The cap situation stinks. 
but that division is winnable. I think he was born, so he was born in New Orleans. Now he was born in, he was raised in California, but he was born in New Orleans. I think that would be a good relationship city-wise with EB as well. So that's the one to watch. But I, I a week ago, I would have told you he's never going to become a head coach. I got a little bit of faith now. Uh, his, that's not a good job, New Orleans. Now you might it's just not, take whatever job not, you can get it. I think he point, has to. I think he has yeah, to. Yeah, you can't be i guess choosy after you said 21 interviews and you haven't gotten a job having said that i wonder if he shouldn't consider leaving kansas city and going somewhere else where he can be his own star like to me now you could say well the, that's the opposite of the mcveigh thing where you know uh zach taylor gets the job and and uh o'connell gets the job but if if he were to pull a matt lafleur i'll call it LaFleur wanted, he had a great situation in L.A., but he wasn't calling plays. He wasn't running his own offense. He was kind of McVay's yes man. He said, I'm going to Tennessee. It's a worse situation with the worst quarterback, with Marcus Mariota, and I'm going to be my own guy. A year later, he was the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. I wonder if the enemy should think about, or I'm sure he has at some point, going somewhere where there's a defensive-minded head coach and you just run the offensive side of the ball. And maybe that changes it's the been perception brought up. on it, it, how yeah, involved been, he is. I think it's a great point. It's, it's been discussed here in Kansas City if that would be a better route for him. It's also an issue because Mike Kafka, who was the quarterback coach here, is now the OC for Dayball up in, in New York. And so now, of course, everybody's looking at this like, wait a second. So EB might get the Saints job. And then three days before that, uh, Mike Kafka, who was going to be the guy that was going to get promoted to be OC, is left. And so now it's kind of like, well, they, the Chiefs might lose their OC and their quarterback coach. But it, it, with Andy Reid, they'll be, they'll be fine in that regard. But, yeah, I mean – there's an argument to be made that that he'd be better off leaving. Otherwise, he's just going to be a lifer, it looks like, as an OC. It's really unfortunate. He deserves his shot. Look, I think if he gets the Saints job, like most coaches, there's a good chance he gets fired in two years. But that doesn't matter who the hell you are. That's that's probably happening anyway. We see the this coaching cycle, right. how it works in the league. Um, but he, he deserves his shot. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's ridiculous that he hasn't. Real quick, though, Yeah, Grant, the success um, he's had, man, give this guy an opportunity. Real quick, Grant, though, I did want to bring this up because I think this is awesome. So Mattress Mac, I'm sure, is a name for betters that you've heard over the last couple of years. Furniture mogul down in Houston. Uh, a very gracious guy. Worked down in Houston for a little bit. Incredibly well-liked. Was is amazing things for the community in Houston. Uh, he just uh, placed a record-setting $4.5 million bet on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. He drove from Houston over to Lake Charles, or at least across the border, to sit in, yes, a convenience store parking lot and place a $4.5 million bet, which reportedly is the largest mobile bet in sports wagering history in this country. Fantastic. Imagine That's sitting in a incredible. convenience store parking lot and dropping four and a half mil on a bet. What a life. What I'm just glad life. somebody broke your record of four million mobile bet. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know how right. long that was going to stand. All right, we're back at it next week, man. We'll be talking about the Super Bowl and our favorite props and all that next week here on BetQL. Sunday, get all your wagertainment with the You Better You Bet countdown to kick off from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app and streaming live on Twitch.tv.